You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 108th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast, your number one news source for cycling gossip. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. Hey, this is Matt in Minneapolis with your number two news source for cycling gossip. And this is Spencer Howe in Boston, Massachusetts. I am also number two for cycling gossip and news. Guys, photo finish? Yep. I know we're a little bit late on the week, and there's a lot to discuss, including the Giro and other great stuff. But real quick, thanks to the people leaving reviews on iTunes. We got two five-star reviews. Excellent. First, I listen to podcast, and this is a podcast. That was the entire review. Five stars. Thanks, guy. <laughs> that is facts. That is full of facts, though, yeah. you know, and you can't argue with that. And then another five-star from Brent Flip. He says, great show. Just friends talking about bikes and some racing. What can be better than that? Not yeah, much. Little Maybe bit some of... pancakes at IHOP, but other than that, not much. It's true. Little inaccuracy there. Not not all of us are friends, but you know. Yeah. Definitely, definitely know each other in passing. Yeah. Wait, yeah, it's been we're not years. friends. Well, I mean, some of us are, Tim. Hey, you guys ready to get into the awesome? Last week, <laughs> right off the top of the show, uh-huh. we talked about Rasmussen Bike Shop uh-huh. in Des Moines, Iowa. Yep. And then we had the mind-blowing revelation, and Spencer, this is important to you and I. A while mm-hmm. back, you bought me a bike. You bought me a, a book. I did. A while back, when uh, I was running uh, Swift Cycle into the ground in Gainesville, Florida, <laughs> and uh, uh-huh. um, you're like, "Dude, you should totally read this book by uh, this guy Donnie Perry, and it's awesome. And it's a book that everybody that works at a bike shop should read because a lot of great ideas." And the guys at Rasmussen pointed out that Donnie Perry, whose book we wrote, is that Don Quixote guy who we used to talk about as bike messengers back in, like, 2006. How yeah. awesome is that? Back when blogs were a thing, he had a blog called Punk Rock Cycling and ran a, uh, a women's elite team out of Iowa. That was like, like elite amateur team, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was, like, really inspirational to at least both of us. I don't know if Little Guy ever saw it, actually. He was not very online. Um, the neighbor's dial up was pretty slow back then. But, um, I it mean, I think, I don't know if we had already started our team by that point or not, but it was definitely an inspiration either to start our team or to improve the team that we had just started, uh, Punk Rock Cycling. So pretty cool so just to see that full, come full yeah. circle. You know? And Crazy. Donnie's book is called Leading Out Retail. Yep. And it's awesome. Even if you're just into bikes in the industry as a whole, you should definitely read it. Um, I think I believe it was self-published or close to it. It's available on Amazon. You can get the digital copy. Mm-hmm. And one of the star characters of his entire book is the character of Timmy, who is just the uh, the local bike shop employee that comes in in the summer that maybe doesn't know everything about bikes. It's just Timmy who likes bikes. And I'm not saying, but maybe I uh, you know influence that a little bit. It's possible. There's definitely more than a few coincidences <laughs> going on there. Anyway, check out 
<laughs> no, not at all. It's probably the best no, no, retail book based on Tim's life story. Working cycling. But anyways, really good. quick shout out to Donnie Perry, um, kind of a legend in the retail environment. Um, we also had the USA Cycling uh, Road Championships and Master Championships over the uh, weekend. And one of the uh, the main things that uh, came across was that Kaylee Leo Grand is now your doping Masters National Championship champion in the crit. Woo! That's super exciting. I'm super pumped about that, guys. Are you pumped? Which one's he? Who did he used to ride for? He used to ride for Rock Racing. He was the one that had oh, okay. all the tattoos, yeah. but not the face tattoo. Not the face tattoos. And uh, anyways, we won't spend too much time on that chump. Um, and third place was also a convicted USADA doper, Andrew Crater, although he only got busted for marijuana. It's true. No, but, that's, uh doesn't even matter then. So <laughs> uh, we won't go down that road. But there's so we have uh, rumors. N- n- now the big things of what what we had going on were the women's uh, and men's road and time trial championships there in Winston Salem. Yeah. Which predi- which predicated the entire Winston Salem Classic weekend, um, which we'll get to later. But Megan Garnier defends her national championship and gets to keep the Stars and Stripes jersey. Although I am a little disappointed because I feel Bowles Dolmans doesn't do the greatest job with that national championship kit, and I feel <laughs> they're just going to continue it, so we're not going to well, see a new design. Honestly, That's though, me out. how much time do they really have to spend on it? They have so many different national championships kits to design. Like, you can't expect them to go a whole hog on every single one of them, you know? True. It's a good point. It's a good point. And, the design department is constantly having to redo the jerseys yeah. every, every couple of weeks. Yeah. Now... It should be stated that Carmen Small won the Women's Time Trial National Championship with a dominating performance the day before, um, winning uh, by 22 seconds over Amber Nieben, and then crushing by over a minute and a minute um, Kristen Armstrong, who is a Olympic wah, gold medalist. Wah. And what's really cool about this is that Carmen Small, first off, is on Cervelo Bigla, my favorite team, and yep. second... This almost, I mean, if she doesn't get on the Olympic team with that performance, I'm going to be thoroughly disappointed because it seemed like USA Cycling was doing all it could just to allow Kristen Armstrong the, you know, the... The easy ride in, the, yeah. The easy ride <laughs> honor to go in for the media coverage and Carmen Small to slam that door shut um, with a great performance. And that's on yep. the women's side of what looked like an exciting weekend. Mm-hmm. The men's um, individual time trial was won, of course, by Taylor Finney. Uh, who has been there before. Great to see him back taking um, a solid uh, minute out of uh, um, Tom Zerbel of Rally Cycling. And I believe Zerbel's retiring after this year. Um, So pretty cool uh, win. Brookwalter didn't get on the podium, Bookwalter, but he did get a solid fourth. So BMC Cycling has a uh, Or also known uh, as the Onyx Medal. The Onyx Medal. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. And of you guys, go ahead. How, how many how many people how many women do we get to send for the time trial? Do you guys know? I think we only get to send one woman for the time trial, but only one. Okay. But we get four slots in the road race for women. But the I time trialist, the time trial. I think the time trialist has to be one of those four women on the road. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Now, I could be wrong. We're not known for our facts here. But um, it's that's my quick read on how many we get to send in the women's field because we're a higher-rated nation on the women's side of bike racing. Um, on the men's uh, road race side, let's give a shout-out to Gregory Daniel, 
of Hell the Axon yeah. Hagens Berman team for winning the road national championships. Five seconds clear of Alex Howes of Cannondale and Travis <laughs> McCabe rounding out the um, um, European podium for Hol- Holowesco uh, Citadel. Yeah. That was an amazing why, race to watch. Why do you guys think they do it on the same weekend at the Giro ends? Do you think they do it just so that nobody will watch? Or that so that the real fast guys from the Giro can't come back? You know and, that and win. That's a good like, why couldn't they do it push wait, it back wait, a week wait, wait, wait. and do it this what? weekend? And you could have all the guys that did the Giro could come back and race it. What and what fast guy at the Giro was it. gonna come win American Nationals. Joe Dombrowski, the, the future of American cycling. I'm not saying cycling. necessarily there is someone. I'm just saying that it seems weird to overlap our national championships with the last weekend of a Grand Tour for for riders and for like interest among U.S. cycling fans. It it is very weird, and it is the same reason why the Tour of California needs to be one week prior to the start of the Giro as well. It's I don't understand how this is. And there are several high-quality American racers that did not show up to this event. If you look at the top ten, it's a lot of domestic pros, and it is not a lot of. The, it does not contain as many of the European pros. Of note, the results I do want to point out: Logan Owen taking eighth place, um, definitely the one of the strongest or the brightest lights of the future of American cycling because of his cyclocross dominance. Well, and and, then, and his teammate won. I think they played yes. that race really well, like strategically, like. Logan Owen was off the front earlier, uh, got brought back, and then, uh, you know, allowing his teammate to sit on and make the final move there in the last uh, about K and a half is when he went off the front. And I think I think they caught everybody looking at each other being like, well, whatever, he's some kid, we'll bring him back. And no, they didn't. It was an amazing No, race. they did not. It was, it, was, it was indeed. I did get to watch some of the streaming coverage. So it is nice to see a little bit better um, coverage of the yeah. uh, the American domestic scene. Uh, and in 16th place, Robert Squire of Holowesco Citadel Racing. Robert, I don't know much about you, but that is one hell of a name. I love it. Congratulations on getting 16th place <laughs> to Robert Squire. Well, he's a friend of a friend of the pod, you know. Oh, he is. Oh, indeed. Hey guys, we got a sweet tweet here. It's going to lead us right into the next conversation. It comes from at Ryan underscore Gabriel, and he says, I'm just going to say that the Slow Ride podcast predictions jinked the shit out of today's Giro d'Italia stage, which gets us right into the the epic fall. What, what day was that that he, that he tweeted that? Uh, you know, he tweeted that on 527, which would have been on Friday, which is yeah. when uh, the snowbank... Wait, the day. The, when the, the Yeti came out of the, <laughs> the snowbank and ripped Stephen Kreiswick off his bike and threw his bike, what, five revolutions in the air? I mean, yeah. at least full rotations. Lot. Yeah, it was some um, Tony Hawk shit there. That was pretty good. Yeah, I definitely felt like I was uh, playing the old uh, Nintendo 64 snowboarding game, like 1080 snowboarding or whatever. And, yeah. uh, Kreiswick crashes. We Most of our listeners now know the story. He, he uh, chased valiantly. Chavez takes the lead going into two days left in the tour. Who then became uh, the people's hero. Everyone was like, the people's oh my hero. god. And he started doing interviews um, and he was the sweetest. Italian. He was the sweetest, nicest little man who just like everybody yeah. all of a sudden was like, although they felt horrible for Chryswick, were like, but this guy, this guy, deser- this guy deserves, let's give it to the good guy for once. And then... 
He didn't get it. I do want to say that I've been a fan since day one of uh, Chavez. I wanted him to win, um, and as, as you guys know, I think that he's definitely got quite the future and by far some of the best interviews that have ever been given. Definitely people's champion. Yeah. Takes a 44-second lead into the Saturday penultimate stage. Not the queen stage, but still a great stage. And of course, with no reservations whatsoever, the shark comes out and does not mess around and yep. takes the overall victory with a stunning, and stunning in quotation marks because this is a podcast and not a visual show, <laughs> takes the uh, win 52 seconds over Chavez with Valverde taking third. Guys, can I look at Nibali's victory without an air of total, hmm, that's a little shady. I mean... Yeah, I think so. You kind of have to this day and age in cycling, but, eh, you know, whatever. He, he played the race pretty well. Like, he fell out of contention, yeah. but he didn't fall that far out of contention. He rode within himself on the hard stages because he was out of contention. And then when suddenly the race was gifted to, when it fell basically in his lap, he was able to take the the race by the uh, by the reins and... And ride it home. Yeah. So, I mean, I think a little bit dumb luck and a little bit of uh, cagey, crafty skill. Yeah, and some great teamwork on Saturday, too. Yeah. I mean, he had the team yeah. around him, whereas you saw Chavez didn't have a lot of teammates. No. When it got really high, Belverde was just in trouble, couldn't even come close to following at the end. And so Chavez and Steve, neither of them could, neither of them had any teammates. So yeah. if we put aside our normal questioning that we have of all professional cyclists because we are cycling fans of of mm-hmm. the you know the ethical uh, level of their victory can we look at this giro as one of the greatest grand tours that we have witnessed in our um, experience as fandoms mm. i'd say the last tour uh, last couple days were definitely up there yeah before the last three days this this grand tour it was like it was just okay Really? Fine. Yeah. Yeah. It was. I think it was racing. Good. It, you know. I thought there I was, it some... was exciting with the storyline of of the new riders of Chavez mm-hmm. and 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 Kreischer, like being up there. Yeah. You know? What about Dombrowski, guys? Come on! Ser- it's the seriously, future of American not... cycling. Why? Okay. He rode fine in the mountains. He had some he had some good rides, but like the amount of press. Is irritating. Yeah. What did he get? Like thirtieth overall, <laughs> and he finished top ten on like two mountain stages. Like, yeah, that's good, that's great, but like that does not. You do not need fifteen fucking Velo news articles about that just because he's American. I don't give a shit. They didn't write fifteen articles about Darwin at the Puma, who came from like fifty fourth place up to like ninth overall in the last week because he outclimbed everybody at the end. Yeah. Well, no, but you are this, in guy America, speaks, guy. this guy's white and he speaks English, so let's freak the fuck out about the fact that he got 35th place. I'm not impressed by him, and I don't really well, care for him as a rider. He can, he's, he's America's next great hope. Like, he's what else fine, do but I'm not, wow, okay. I'm not excited about him. I mean, Thanks for uh, totally deflating that uh, flag. So uh, I'd like to thank Tim, everybody for like listening to you the want, Slow Ride Podcast. It's been a great enjoyment like... talking about the future of American cycling. Um, Darwin Adapuma, who actually is from Colombia, and therefore we should care a little bit more. Tim, I don't give a shit about the future of American <laughs> cycling. I care about cycling. 
don't give a shit about someone just because. Are you telling American. me? Are you telling me that you don't think Dombrowski, if he wasn't called back on several occasions and put into the service of Rigoberto Huron, who could only finish within twelve minutes? Of the Another leader, Colombian. That huh, conspiracy. Can, are you trying to tell me, Cannondale, that there isn't a a need for an American stage racer for an American sponsored team or team sponsored by an American company? Didn't seem like I agree, it. I Take agree that an back. American sponsor. Would, <laughs> I agree, an American sponsor would like to have an American stage racer up there. I don't personally care. I'm okay. sure that it would be good for my chances of maybe no it wouldn't it, it wouldn't matter because one i can watch <laughs> cycling from europe two it doesn't matter to me at all if there's american sponsors involved because i'm still never going to get to watch this shit on tv live i'm still <laughs> like why does it matter like i want i'd rather it was weird european companies of shit i'll never buy because you know what i'm not going to buy a cannondale and i'm not going to buy a garment and i'm not going to buy a tia craft and whatever the hell else sponsors that team, I'm not going to buy it. I don't care. Like, thank you for sponsoring cycling. Thank you for wasting your money for me. Thank you. I mean, other, other people buy will buy it, though. Just because so, so, you've got yeah, the same then, steel bike you've had for 12, Little guy, I can't years. believe you're so anti-American that there is a lack of patriotism. Why am I anti-American? I'm not anti-American. I'm neutral American. And that I don't give a shit if he's American or he's Colombian or he's whatever. So you don't get more I just want to watch cycling and I don't want to hear like 15 articles about a guy because he's American. I would rather hear about like, like Sietsu like rode to ninth or right, whatever, you know, yeah. like. Not a intense, thing but, about yeah. Sietsu. And yeah, he wrote a kind of anonymous race, but he's a guy that spent his whole career like at Sky working for all those British douchebags. He gets to go to another team. He gets to ride for himself. Nothing. Dombrowski. Oh, man. One day he was in the break with like 10 other dudes who we don't have any articles about those dudes. So you don't think it has to do with the the entire media that you and I read or English yeah, speaking? I feel like maybe no, in Colombia I do. I totally a agree, but I, about Adapuma. <laughs> No, there probably are, and I agree that, that everything Belarus does this. Isn't all about but then Sinsu? we're just like we're perpetuating that by being like Dombrowski, huh? Pretty sweet, and it's like, well, it was fine, but like other people did better. I mean, and I'd rather talk but, about the people that did guy. better. But when, when you when you when you open, I don't up want the, to talk about any Americans. Little guy, when you when you open what? up the the Star <laughs> Tribune in the morning and you read all about the twins and yep. how they did the night before. Yep. <laughs> You do, do you think the people in, in Chicago, when they open up their Tribune, uh, that they're reading about the Twins as well? I mean, probably. No. Why would you want to read about the Cubs or the Sox, man? <laughs> that sounds depressing. Well, that may be. So, but, uh, so little guy, suffice we'll, to say, we'll, we'll get on. It's, it's I really market. like that. It's market. I really like your, you know, I mean, I wish you were a little bit more patriotic, but I, I got to ask this, <laughs> this final question. If you are given the choice... To yep. um, to save one rider, <laughs> like um, from a burning like they're, like they're in, No, they're in quicksand. Joe Dombrowski's <laughs> okay. in quicksand. T.J. Van okay. Garderen's in quicksand. All you have <laughs> yeah. is one stick, but the stick <laughs> oh, will break man. if both people are on it. Uh-huh. Really? Who do you save? Because they're both pretty light. I mean, what kind of stick wouldn't be able to hold T.J. and Dombrowski? It's a carbon fiber stick. It's not a titanium <laughs> stick. So, fiber stick. Uh-huh. so which one would you um, save? Man, see that's tough because like. I haven't read any Dombrowski interviews. I don't really know what he's like. Um, he's, I agree he's got a lot of potential. Um, but TJ's 
you know, TJ's good, right? But maybe Dombrowski's just as irritating. I'm going to say, I guess I'll save Dombrowski, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, the I devil you Dombrowski don't know over the devil you I know. think Dombrowski's got a huge upside, and the reason I know this is that if you've been listening to the Cycling Telegraph podcast, they've been given, he's been giving a video diary, and it's pretty, uh, it's pretty good stuff. So I'm firmly in the Dombrowski corner. But guys, let's talk about the overall of the GC. Wait, are you like generally in the kind of maybe a Grand Tour Garmin corner? Because like you're, you're pretty into Talansky. Uh-huh. Like you're pretty into Dombrowski. You're uh-huh. like like guys on Garmin who are uh-huh. like not their main GC guy, but you like think maybe they could be like well you know things kind of turn How's... around. There's a chance like that's your that's your kind of that's your type. A little bit, yeah. Ron, yes. I probably probably a big fan of Roland. We'll see that come out for the tour. Oh, dude, Roland, I am a beautiful. It's gonna Here's be a... terrible the tour, but I'm just a fan of. Uh... <laughs> I think it would be great for our sport in this country if we have a, a non-Lance Armstrong young generation winner yeah. of the Tour de France. And that I, is I important agree. for totally cycling we as a sport. It's important as an industry. We absolutely had that in a young Floyd Landis, Landis who won the Tour <laughs> and was robbed. <laughs> yeah. Robbed. They were out after him. big cycling, didn't want to see... America back on top, and so they fabricated some evidence and uh, stole it away. All right, so we've been we've been talking about a thirty fourth <laughs> place finisher of the Giro, the the most important stage race of them all. Let's get to the actual some of the things that uh, I want to discuss and what you guys want to discuss. I mean, obviously, Kreuzwick's fall from grace cost Spencer a little bit in Velo Games. Yeah, um, very tragic to see, but he did fight all the way through with what cracked ribs. Sure. Something like that, yeah. And, you know, I, I felt a little bit like the Tyler Hamilton situation, like maybe the x-rays were fabricated, but uh, Team Yellow Lotto uh, came to the Giro not expecting much, and holy crap, they were within two days of winning the uh, Tour. Valverde does a great job of getting on a podium for another Grand Tour, um, still lacking that, uh, you know, the, the big win, but um, I thought Valverde did a, a fun job of exciting the race, had a very strong team. Um, it should be noted that uh, Carlos Betancourt, the gummy bear, uh, did not finish. Yeah. Although yeah. Andrew Hood at Euro Hoodie um, of Vela News did talk about the gummy bear and retweeted the gummy bear, so it is spreading. Yep, and we're gonna make this are, one stick. <laughs> Good. There are riders uh, out there that are starting to like this, and um, so I will just say that the gummy bear—it is a term of endearment. A lot of people are saying, like, "Hey, you know, you're just shaming the guy," and it's like, no. No. The Gummy Bear is one of our favorites, and we wish him nothing but the best, and he is our favorite, like the green one. Yeah, that's why yeah. he's the Gummy Bear. And Alex Howes was all about the uh, the Gummy Bear nickname uh, <laughs> on the Twitter, I'm just saying. It's good. Nice. I hope he hears it. I wanted so, to get back to him. <laughs> we, had a, uh, a Pol- we had quite the uh, your, uh, non-Italian top ten. So the only Italian in the top ten was Nibali with the victory. But we had all that matters. Uh, yeah, that's, that's we had really three Colombians. We had three Colombians yeah. in the top ten. A Spanish um, gentleman. We had uh, <laughs> two from a balding, Holland. a balding Spanish gentleman. Just go ahead and say it. And then we had a Costa Rican uh, <laughs> superstar, oldest, so yeah. Andre Amador, and then a Belarusian um, finishing out. I will yeah. say that our Albanian, my Albanian uh, target, did finish, as did um, Yamamoto of Japan, and. Shang-Chi of uh, Team Giant 
yeah. did uh, finish as well. And this is, he's saying, probably going to be his last Grand Tour oh. um, as he will All be right. retiring soon. So, uh, you know, Mar- Marilo Fisher of Brazil also finished. Well, the reason I'm bringing this up, guys, is that the Giro seems to have become a non-Italian race uh, all the way across the board. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it seems to be the Colombian hunting ground. You guys surprised by Iran's sort of... He really turned it around there at the end to get a top 10. I'm not totally surprised. I feel like that's kind of how he always does it. Yeah. Cannondale Pro Cycling almost pulled it off and finished six, uh, seven minutes down on Astana in the team competition. Um, Cannondale wow. was down 12 minutes uh, with three stages left. Um, definitely could have done it if they didn't bring back Dombrowski from the guaranteed stage victory at on the uh, on the 27th uh, when he was brought back to help uh, Euron. So, guys, the Giro overall, it's done. It's there. Let's go straight into the Velo Games. Congratulations to fan of the podcast and listener of the podcast, Andy Lacombe of Team Cincy Velo, finishing 67th overall out of 14 thousand five hundred competitors um in our league he takes a dominating win he uh he had visconti amador jungles greipel roach chavez chavez being the big one there micah Fulsang, and dumoulin uh what a great performance uh and he is going to win a prize pack donated by uh, uh former Prime lap sponsor grand grand fondo new york so yeah. great stuff to see um, from Grand Fondo, New York, helping us out. Uh, my second, uh, my, my number one liked uh, team name, License to Ilner from Alex Kilney, Kinney, does take a solid second place. And rounding out the European podium is Lanai Cycling Club, presented by Kentucky Bourbon with Giovanni. Um, would, sh- would License to Ilner has, have anyone looked at the points if Zacharin hadn't had that really terrible crash we didn't talk about? It. He crashed on the same day as. Uh, yeah, yeah, Um If he hadn't fallen, he'd still just slotted into fifth. Would would the license to Ilner have won? He may have. What could um, have been? Very, yeah. very that would close. have been some serious points with a yeah. couple of days in the mountains and then the GC. That's Did you guys bad. see the picture of Zacharin, um without wearing a, a a kit, just kind of in a t-shirt, mop of hair? Yeah, Looked are like those a, human uh, arms? That's no, what I'm wondering. They're not. He has they're like the spider sp- arms. He is like. He is so skinny, it is frightening. Guys, don't try to change the subject. I know what what you're trying to do here. We're trying to move away from the Velo games. No, I'm seriously, I'm talking about this. No, no, He is like, I mean, I know all these guys are are skinny, but like some of them look kind of, like Nibali kind of just looks like a normal skinny human being. Uh 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 Zacharin is like frightening. That's how... He's a good rider, but... That's how you win a Grand Tour, man. He was going for it. Yeah, he's not... He's not eating at all. He was guy. going he was for a, it. So your um, emails, what? your emails uh, are sent, no. you guys. Well, right. before we get to this, Spencer, before we get to this funeral dirge that you're going to make us do, mm-hmm. I do want to give a shout out to supporter of the podcast, Cy Birch. Yeah. He tweeted us and says, "Hey, I'm amazed. I picked an entire team that quit the Giro. The only <laughs> thing I got right was the name. That was Team Slow Gruppetto." finishing in dead last all right well, and between Spencer. us little guy finished in yeah. uh third place tim with a solid middle of the pack finish and uh spencer congratulations yep. you uh you did get the uh the, the win which of course means that you uh get to write a paragraph that now we have to read live on the air unedited continuing and, uh, the sweep yeah tim you're gonna lead it off with these okay 
That's what I was wondering. <laughs> it's going to be right. amazing. Well, uh, as as it loads up, I want to, uh, you know, preface this that this is a horrible experience for me, and whatever <laughs> I am about to read, I did not approve um, before uh, getting uh-huh. this email. And uh, since my internet is not actually working, um, oh, it's convenient. Uh, it's very convenient that uh, uh, I'm sure I'm sure it works on your phone. Ah, damn it! Great idea, yeah. Spencer. Um, I will. Uh, I'll bring that up. Is there anything else worry, you guys want to? I'll fix all this in post, so you don't sound like a. Do you guys see how after uh, Nevada right, came got it. across the line, he uh, went over and talked to Chavez's family and gave him a hug? I did. That was yeah, really, really nice. That was nice. I thought that was really it, nice. I think that's what Spencer should be doing um, with these paragraphs. But instead, <laughs> dear podcast listeners and friends, if you could make Tim say anything at all, that would make him. What would you make him say? Anything at all? He embarrasses himself well enough as it is. And no one is entirely sure if he even listens to the words that come out of his mouth anyway. The best thing Tim could do for all of us is instead of being required to speak, just be quiet. That's it? You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks, Tim. That was pretty good. Yeah, that right. sucked. Let me, uh, let me see if the neighbors... I, I had to... I had to write the pause into the paragraph and hope that Tim could uh, could play play act it well enough. So good job there. Ah, well, thanks. You know, I'm just happy to be done. Well, <laughs> little guys, bringing that up, we did get a uh, Gavin uh, or sorry, Toby Smith. Looks like I pulled into Bali and leapfrogged Spencer's Velo Game team on the last day. Mm-hmm. That was pretty sweet. He didn't win though, but a lot of people <laughs> enjoyed beating you, Spencer. Yeah, as they should. <laughs> Well, guy, how's yours coming along there? It's ready. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. Okay. Uh, Hello, this is Matt Allen. I usually lose at Velo Games because Spencer is just so much better at bicycles than me. He always has been. You can quote me on that. But I lost to Super Rookie 2, which is pretty depressing. I hope it never happens again. In fact, I promise to you, the listener, it will never gonna give you up. (laughs) <laughs> that's so awkward never gonna let you down never gonna run around and desert you never gonna make you cry never gonna say goodbye never gonna tell a lion hurts you George Incapito <laughs> well done Spencer and with that let's, uh, let's head into the preem lap I am Jake Wells Listen to Slow Ride Podcast. It's a preem lap. It's a preem lap. It's it so my favorite lap. time of the uh, podcast. So what do we got this week, Spencer? <laughs> it's mine too. We are back talking about our friends at JBV Coaching. Uh, they are supporters of the podcast, and uh, we'd like to, you know, see if we can't get some of our, our listeners to be supporters of their coaching services. Tim, you look yes, like you're at a point. Well, I did notice that JVB Coaching, uh, uh, on Twitter, one of the, uh, the coaches was like, hey, got our first ever referral from sponsoring the Wide Angle Podium Network and the Slow Ride Podcast. So that's pretty awesome for... There you go. JBVcoaching.com, which will take beginners to pros and pros all the way to the next level. Super um, pros. And I, 
you know, like I said last time, my favorite part about this is that I am not one to follow structure, but yeah. I do like talking to an expert. And they have the different coaching um, programs. So there's some people that can go the full month schedule or by three month, the bricks and all that. And then, or you could just do the classic consultation where you get to ask all the questions that you need. They set up a training schedule for the 12 weeks. And it's kind of great for my ADD, like, oh man, after 12 weeks, <laughs> yeah. I just need to take a retire and start walking the gardens. No, And uh, that's pretty do cool. They, do they know anything about cyclocross? Because I think little guy has been like knocking on the door of like a podium uh, actual a European podium, let's say, at Cyclocross for a long time, and he's usually on just on the edge of that American podium. Do you think they could help him with that? I mean, oh, I, I think, think they, they could help could, him. Though I would, I would note. I mean, I know you guys are trying to make a point here, but I, I did make, uh, I did make the podium a few times this last year. Just, just, just putting that out there, uh-huh. like a real podium. So, so you could but have. I'm so sure. what you're saying is you could have won that race, but yeah. you didn't. It's possible. <laughs> I could have won that race, but I didn't. I uh-huh. I think uh, it's great that we got a listener to sign up, it call is. in, and and to want to uh, further their cycling performance by getting some coaching. I was thinking maybe we could limit, like, no one locally from any of the places we live should be allowed to sign up. Maybe like everybody well, else, but just not where we live. Because I think you're the only one that's really don't in want danger. Any competition, <laughs> you know. Uh huh. I see what you're saying. If there was a way to sort of blanket my local area and keep them from knowing about these here's, things, like coaches. Here's so you're solution. saying you want, like the, you want like a franchise territorial rights of JBV coaching. Yeah, and right? then I'll... You, want, you, know, want, you don't want anybody to go to JBV and then And then I'll unallow hey. anyone around here, but outside of my zone of racing, people should do it and go for it. Get faster. So you could just, but here you just, here, just don't. counteract that by uh, signing up yourself there, little guy. That's a possibility, I guess. It's yeah, the yeah. you could do it too. It's directions. probably easier than yeah. track- tracking every than my force field tracking, possibly, possibly. And with that, I'd like to thank jbvcoaching.com for sponsoring the um, Slow Ride Podcast and the Wide Angle Podium Network. Yeah, thank you. Bruno Roy, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, so guys, um, getting back into things in Crosshairs, uh, friend of the podcast, obviously member of the Wide Angle Podium Network, has been spending the last two weeks over in uh, Europe for the UCI Mountain Bike World Cup doing the Trailside Diaries with the Trek Factory mountain bike team. Now, um, he we did a tweet out to him asking if he's got an uh, interview with um, Matthew Vanderpool, who has been racing uh, cyclocross, and he said, you're racing mountain bikes. He said, you know, I need to track him down. He's slumming outside the team area, so he's not easy to find other than on course. I don't know if he was able to get an interview, but I definitely will be listening to some of the Crosshairs radio podcasts that are coming up mm-hmm. to see if there's anything he got. And once again, Crosshairs Radio is part of the Wide Angle Podium Network, which is a network of podcasts supported by people like you and our listeners. So thanks to all those supporters. I would go as far to say as it's uh, representative of the best cycling podcasts that are out there right now. That is completely true. There are some that we approve of, and they're all on the Wide Angle Podium Network. Um, And then if we can get into some of the uh, tweets that we've got... um, 
from Gavin Adkins. He says, hey guys, you can't even have a state-level event here in Melbourne, Australia without prize equality. Equality, No podium girls allowed either unless they're the winners. Um, they did send us a uh, fan submission for Twitter of a podium uh, celebration in which the winner got a six-pack and a handshake from Tour de France legend Robbie McEwen. Nice. That's a good podium, man. That's, that's a pretty good prize. I thought that was yeah. pretty cool. I like that. So I'm surprised that that was in Australia, that they hand you a six-pack and Robbie McEwen pops out of nowhere and shakes your hand. Now, uh, little guy, well, it'd be really cool. I, I like the idea. Of one of my favorite stories of Robbie McEwen is when he was in the breakaway at the tour and he hid on the bushes. And so he came back up through the, the team cars to, like, surprise all of the rest of the people that were trying to chase him down. He's like, oh, where are you guys going? <laughs> nice. Um, did you see, little guy, that Reggie Miller now has got the uh, cycling buzz? Reggie Miller, the former NBA basketball player? What? Yeah. Who? Spike Lee's nemesis on the course for the court for the indiana pacers there's yeah. a story about how now he is a uh, a mountain biker uh he's got a really? custom made moots nice. um, now the article said that he's really fast on the trails i question that because the picture did so show some crazy bar ends and one of those <laughs> uh weird uh um bags like the uh Whoa. the top tube bag that goes behind the stem yeah. where you can keep like it seemed a little weird that Maybe uh, you know Reggie Miller. I'm sure can throw down, but I I don't know Reggie. He's just you know he's of all the basketball players, he was the one that looks the most like Dombrowski esque in his build. He was always just a, <laughs> like a tall beanpole. So I mean, um, that's interesting. I bet he's pretty good. You think he's kind of a long range guy? Like he likes to shoot the three, so that means he likes to attack early, just go long, go Probably. big, or go home. Yeah. Oh, I hope so. He was he was a lot of fun to watch. So all of our basketball yes. friends will uh, man will will like that reference. So Reggie Miller, welcome to the Cool Kids Club, along with uh, Bill Walton and some of the other uh, famous. Now, what about uh, Chris Webber playing basketball players? Because because Reggie Miller was announcing Game Seven the other day of the the OKC uh, Oklahoma game, whatever, uh, and <laughs> and we uh-huh. had Weber there, sitting there with him. Is Weber a cyclist? I don't know, but I'm going to try. I don't think so, but I was just going to try to interject with a timeout joke that only like 2% of our uh, listenership would understand. But um, also, leading into this, uh, is that uh, we did have a little bit of a delay on uh, recording this podcast because of the holiday. And our one Canadian listener, Michael Vandaham, who's actually like a uh, pretty good cyclist, uh, said, Hey, you know, guys. He's like, okay. You know, He's okay. Yeah, I am like, your Canadian right. listener, and I can't do it without you. So, uh, Michael, we, we wish you the best of luck this upcoming season. And um, and then finally, this all leads into, guys, the big news that we're working on right now is Dan from Nam, Dan Craven, Grand Tour cyclist, former teammate of the Tongue, Thomas Folkler, is possibly going to be on our podcast. He's racing in the United States. And I don't know if you guys caught wind of this. He finally started to follow us on Twitter He sent us an email, and in the email he said, hey, I listened to a recent podcast. It seems that you guys have really improved, Uh, which I didn't know how to take because I'm like, wait. Take it it as a compliment. Let's take it as a compliment. Um, Uh So Dan from Nam is now following us again on Twitter, so we're going to quit Twitter um, and just move over to Snapchat. Yeah. Done. We're done. And uh, with that, I think we need to get into uh, kind of the, the, the bumming out news. Um, and we'll lead into this with a hot take um, 
tweet from the one and the only the Slow Ride Pod, which says, "Cancel all UCI racing until they can prove they can handle rider safety. Cancel the Giro. Cancel the Tour de France. Cancel all of it." At UCI Cycling. I do want to note that whoever this author was did not say cancel the Vuelta because <laughs> that individual probably doesn't care about the Vuelta. But would the guilty party that wants to overreact and cancel all UCI racing like to stand up and take credit for this tweet take? I feel like it's kind of weird that you're just out there saying it like that, Tim. <laughs> that was the hottest take of all hot takes on our uh it's pretty Twitter good. Accounts, yeah, right. the Twitter does is full of some hot takes, but you know what? Like, uh, yeah, they're not going to cancel the tour. They're not going to cancel the Giro, but uh, it is clear that they do not have a handle on rider safety as far as the motorcade is concerned. These last few years, you know, there's always going to be accidents if you put that many cyclists and that many you know press and everything. Like, you know, but you, the regularity with which it's happening is staggering uh, these days. And it really does need to be addressed. And it's tough to do while the season is, you know, going forward full bore. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to them saying, hey, we're taking two weeks off. All racing is done, suspended. We got to figure this out. Obviously, that's never going to happen. But Yeah, it'll never happen. But still, it's definitely a tragedy so, what's been happening in the crash at Belgium. Yeah. It's and obviously what we're talking about is the uh, the crash in Belgium. Just the latest of another incident with a vehicle on the course. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, guys, we have talked about motos in this for so much. Personally, I don't think we need to start canceling racing. But we do need to see a, um, you know, a UCI starting to take a stand. Uh, Bonin, uh, Tom Boonen, Bonin came out uh, earlier today, and he he doesn't think that a reduction of vehicles is really what's going to make it safe. He says an increase of uh, vehicles in the front of the um, uh, rolling caravan would actually help because it would reduce the need for so many um, motorbikes and cars Passing to actually drive peloton, through the yeah. peloton to get up to the next intersection. Yep. And yep. I think that is very important. You know, I what I'm curious on is. How much of this is tragic accident that was just getting more media attention because now it's like the hot thing to report um, and has happened over time? Because I seem to remember lots of times where cars have run into cyclists or uh, motorcycles in races, but it seems that there's a major concentration of them this year with some serious crashing. And, you know, this is not the first time that uh, um, the lotto rider that's currently in the coma has uh, been – hit this year alone yeah he was hit earlier in uh kern brussels kern like not more than two months ago that's crazy you know yeah so yeah we had accidents again Wevelgum, kern brussels kern now the tour of belgium uh probably a couple others in there we had taylor finney last year peter Sagan last year greg van evermart last year like you know and then obviously the the famous johnny hoogerland and fletcher uh, barbed incident. wire incident yeah i yeah. i don't have a solution to this i will let the experts um do this i will say that the uci seems to be um not run by the good old boys anymore as much i mean sure maybe cookson is uh you know still involved in the kind of old guard i don't know but i like to think that they're yeah. gonna do what they can to make this better i'm not the expert to uh yeah. provide a solution 
Well, yeah, and our our hot takes are definitely all on record in our past episodes. We've had to talk about this so many times. Um, so we don't need to spend a whole lot of time there, but hopefully hopefully this is finally something that spurs some real action. One way or the other. Yeah. Whatever it is. So. Yeah. I hope so. And guys, you know, it, it's what's really bumming me out is that we're ending on this note. Um, the Tour of Belgium was off to a hot start because who won the opening time trial prologue? None other than cyclocross superstar Wout van Aert who many of you know is, uh, or many of our listeners know, I'm not exactly the biggest fan of because he was winning everything before uh, Vanderpool came back. But what do you think? Is this the beginning of the end of the the, the Voot Van Art era in cyclocross and he's going to uh, be going over to road? I hope not. I, 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 I agree. I had the same feeling. Like I saw that he won and my, I, had, I wasn't excited. I had sort of a sinking feeling in my gut that cyclocross was going to lose another star. Yeah. Yeah, I did as well. But you know what? If if this is what it takes, like if we can trade him and get Lars Boom back, I'm okay with that. That's not a good trade, man. Lars it Boom might not be, not... but I'm okay with it. All right, so Lars Boom, we might get Lars Boom back. Vanderhaar opt- signed up. He's signing with the Sven team, mm-hmm. so that means we're keeping Vanderhaar. We're not losing Vanderhaar to the road. Yep. Because there was the fear. He's been doing some, some with the giant Alpacini team, he's been doing some road races. I was a little worried we were going to lose him. Mm-hmm. Seems like he's not going that route. So I guess on the whole, things are looking up. Yeah. yeah. Well, Cross is popular. You know, with all the gravel grinding uh, catching on worldwide like wildfire, um, you know, Yeah. I mean, it's bound to come back into vogue. So you think maybe rather than soon rather than talking about these guys going to the road we'll talk about them going to like decide if they want to switch to like a gravel focus right like we'll we'll get boone in being like oh yeah i might wind down my my career like i might retire from the road <laughs> and you know i might try to grind some gravel or, or even some cyclocross so he, think- he'd, he'd be the kind of guy who would put a hyphen in cyclocross like that's that's the kind of guy i feel like he is like he doesn't Maybe- really get it Maybe Boney will like retire from the road and join it, like come to America and join an adventure team. I'm using quotation marks. Uh-huh. Join an adventure team uh-huh. and get sponsored by some local frame builder and uh-huh. like a frame bag company. Yeah. And then they'll put a bunch of awkward bags <laughs> on their bike and then they'll yeah. go grind some gravel on their adventure team. Yeah. And they'll well, gram it. Awesome. They'll gram and it. And they'll like get a crazy. press release together and we'll be like, why is there a press release for this? It's just like four people going for a bike ride. And we'll read about <laughs> it and we'll be like, oh, I guess Tom Boonin's. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, I, I like him. how this podcast has quickly uh, become a, uh, a positive thing, and I, I'm loving this idea <laughs> of the future of the gravel grinding Tom Boonin. And guys, just to keep this power of positivity going along, Let's guess do who it. turns 32 tomorrow? Uh, Man, no idea. Tyler Farrar is 32 years old, and it's crazy to think that we – how many of us are like, man, that guy's old. He's only 32 years old, Tyler Farrar. That's um, cycling is, old, man. It's, is it's, that an it's, American that you care about, little guy? Yeah, because I just like Tyler Farrar. I don't care that he's American. I care that he's got that top knot, and I care that he's out there <laughs> He's out there giving it his all. He yeah. pulls some pain faces on the front of the peloton that I don't care no. what nationality you are. you got to love. Yeah, now, there are some uh, races that are still going on, Tour of Japan, all of that. But, guys, the, the big one coming up is the Philadelphia Pro Race over mm-hmm. at the Maynuk Wall. 
And there are some Europeans that are over here. And again, the aforementioned, or European team, sorry, the aforementioned Dan Craven will uh, hopefully be able to speak about the differences between European racing and uh, Namibian racing and uh, <laughs> uh-huh. racing in America, where he was in North Carolina and then also in Philly. Um, we did have one uh, more Twitter question that was asked. And the, the question more or less just went along the lines of, is there a... Um, a limit to the amount of embrocation that that is deemed okay. Meaning that is it is there a point when you look at shiny legs that is just too mm-hmm. much? Is there such no. a thing as too much embrocation? Do no. you think you can oh, like so in the same way you could you could take maybe one or two puffs from your asthma inhaler? You could maybe Diego Luisi that shit and take like <laughs> too many. Do you think you can put on a Tom Boonen esque amount of Embro, but maybe you go too far and oh, Johan Museo legs, and then you test positive for like European douchebaggery. <laughs> well, that, mean, that's another way to to ask uh, at Tom Haynes World uh, Twitter's uh, question. So yeah, what do you think, Spencer? Is there such a thing as too much? I mean, all all I think you have to do is watch a couple of race videos from the mid '90s, some European like a Milan Sanremo. Something like that. And you will know right away that there is no limit to the amount of gel you can put in your hair or oil that you can put on your body to make you. See, the thing is, from those 90 videos, that's just like cortisone and like steroids and shit that they rubbed all over their bodies to make themselves so shiny. Whatever, it looked good. It did look good. Hey, I've got one uh, one final group ride question um, for both of you, and you okay. can uh, let me know uh, what the proper answer is, and then we'll uh, wrap it up. For our okay. dear listeners, keep this under an hour for them. If you're on a group ride, and you're at a red light, and there are zero cars coming, yep. is it okay to proceed if you have about 10 riders, or do you need to wait? Is there a certain level at no. which point you can proceed through the red light if there's no opposition traffic? Yes. And yeah, how many? Yeah, yeah, I mean, how many people, or how many seconds of waiting? What do you? How asking? many people? Ten's probably a fine number. I'd say up to fifteen people if they if they're all paying attention. Go go oh. for it. Get through that light. Yeah, you got to judge your group. Like if you got yeah. a couple of idiots in your group, maybe maybe just wait it out. But I think in general, if there is no traffic whatsoever and you have a clear sight lines, you treat that red light like a stop sign. You know, you come, like a, you roll through, you put your foot down. You're like, okay, it's good. Let's go. Yeah. You're, okay. You do the wise out of tap. We ride through, you slow down, you almost completely stop. You tap your foot, and you roll through just in case that wise out of cop sitting there behind the <laughs> ice cream place. Uh-huh. But I think it also matters if you got if you got a bunch of guys with road, road shoes on. Because even if there's a car a half mile away, one guy's not going to get in his pedal. And he's still going to be smashing at that look cleat and slipping off the wrong side and he's he's gone yeah titanium pieces everywhere um good point if if you're on a cross ride then then i don't it doesn't even matter if the cars are coming quick like it's just an interval it's a start you know it's just practice then you make it through that light (laughs) Uh you know know you're gonna do fine in the weekend race you're like i lived that's one way to make sure yeah yeah fear is the greatest motivator to improve your starts (laughs) <laughs> get out there and start running red lights, people. Like and there you have it. Fast. All right. That's why people listen to the Slow Ride Podcast. I'm Tim Hayes in Orlando, Florida. Hey, I've been Matt Allen in Minneapolis. <laughs> and I'm Spencer Howe in Boston. I'd like to thank you for listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Make sure you wave at all your fellow cyclists. And let's thank BK1 of Rhyme Series Entertainment for all yeah. the intro and outro music. And with that, we bid you adieu. 
The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. Uh, no, still can't, I can hear him, but he can't hear us. Well, he's fixing that little guy. Let's, I can't, you, you still, I mean, I understand your frustration, I but mean, we just, live in a, you speak English, so therefore your, no, the I English media, that. I feel does a pretty good job. I mean, Chavez got a lot of articles all over the media for his performance. Yeah, but like. I just think, I don't know. I thought Darwin Adapuma, sure. He probably could have deserved a little bit more articles. I think Sitsu as well. I just, I get excited that there's an American that actually did some fun stuff. Um, no, I, under, I understand. I just want to, I want a more rounded approach. I feel like so, especially like reading Inner Ring. It seems like Inner Ring can speak like fifteen languages, you know? Yeah. Because he's always like, "Oh, I'm reading today in this Italian paper." You get all these weird little tidbits that never make it into the. So there could be twenty new articles on cycling news, right? But like, so many of them are English weighted, and then you never get the fact that like, this happened or this happened or this Italian like, this Italian guy like it can be like. A high up guy is sick, and you won't hear it. Okay, little guy, let's stop our recording. <laughs>